This, this is the second, second Story Podcast. On this week's Second Story Podcast, when they first met, Andrew couldn't believe he found her. Now that she's gone, can he stop trying to find her again? Andrew Riley is a Second Story company member and has been telling stories with the organization for years. With his story titled, The Lovely Dark-Haired Girl, Second Story proudly presents Andrew Riley. It usually happens in crowds. Usually when I'm not even thinking about it, maybe a, a young woman outside of Water Tower Place shakes her head just so, just enough to make her long black hair shuffle across her shoulders, tips becoming tiny brushes, painting the world around her so full of promise and possibility, head turning to reveal a soft smile curling in such a way that it's her, I tell myself. It has to be her. Except it's not her. And it's never her. So I keep heading south on Michigan. Danielle called out from the next room, My friend Allison's coming bowling with us. Kyle walked over to their bookshelf, retrieving a framed photograph of Danielle with her arm around some mystery woman all porcelain skin and electric brown eyes and perfect smile beaming back through the 4 by 6 frame. In Danielle's direction, he called back, I thought she was in London. She was, but just for yesterday. Uh, who goes to London for one day, I asked. Uh, something for her job, Danielle answered. She's a buyer or something. Then, don't you get any ideas? I wasn't getting any ideas, I said. I was totally getting some ideas. Uh, <laughs> buyer for who? Trust me, Kyle said. It's nowhere you shop. Then looking around to make sure Danielle was out of earshot. But seriously, dude, she's fucking hot. <laughs> I heard that, Danielle said, walking back into their living room, taking the picture away from Kyle and I. And Allison is gorgeous, but kind of a mess beautiful and wild no Danielle said reading my admittedly predictable young man mind no not crazy in that way that you like and I already convinced that 27 was too old to be asking my friends to introduce me to girls anyway got ready to go bowling In front of the jewelry store at Michigan and Superior, a young woman rifles through an oversized purse for who knows what, eyes searching faster than the hands can dig for a wallet, keys, whatever it is people stop on sidewalks to find, and something about her posture. But she lifts her head, and you can see it in the eyes, the eyes missing the spark that always made hers so compelling, and. No. No, that's not her. So I keep walking. Allison and I were at that terrible bar by my old apartment in Logan Square. Two self-styled intellectuals who had very quickly learned we liked 
going out almost as much as we liked making out. And we're obviously destined for great things. Allison more than ready to trade her usual upscale hangouts for the, the hell holes my grad student lifestyle demanded at the time. Really anywhere being fair game because, as Allison put it, comfort is always a fair trade for adventure. And besides, she continued, I don't think you actually like most of these places. I think you just like knowing that somewhere out there in the world there's all this weird shit hanging on the walls and all these freaky people hanging out. But you keep going to them, I volleyed. So they can't be that bad. Oh, I didn't say they were bad, she countered. I just think there's more to you in these dives than the cool artwork. She paused to take a sip of her beer, careful not to let her Jimmy Choo's touch the bar's disgusting floor. No one really likes anything, Andrew. People just like the idea of things, and if you really think about it, everything is mostly immaterial. Now, I don't know if she was right. I wasn't even sure if that statement made any sense. But I knew I liked the way it sounded, that kind of free-form, half-serious, half-not-serious, ironically, in a non-serious kind of way, barstool philosophizing that I absolutely lived for. And here, right now, this girl, no, this woman sitting next to me, she was better at this than anyone I had ever known. Let's get some more shots, she said. I checked the clock. I, I don't know. We should probably leave. Oh, come on, she said. Just one more. Then turning to the bartender, two shots, vodka, straight up. And I, never one to argue with a woman in a bar, cheerily indulged her. Okay, she said, eyes focusing now with an almost mischievous cool. Okay, now we should go home. And then we went home. On the corner at Illinois, there's a woman waiting to cross Michigan, and she's got this kind of gracious intensity to her, as though she were doing the traffic a favor by letting it pass, because this is her world, glamorous and wonderful, and we are all just passing through it, and there's only one person I know who can pull it off, and I start to wonder but I get closer, and no. No, that's not her. So I keep walking. Danielle didn't even look up from the magazine she was reading. So, Andrew, how's it going with you and Allison? Oh, man, you guys. We got, like, so wasted on Tuesday night, and we are so crazy. And seriously, you guys... These past few months have been probably the best past few months that any people have ever had, ever. And she's perfect, and I'm perfect, and we're just like, so perfect. <laughs> yeah, Kyle said, still hypnotized by the TV. Yeah, that, that sounds like her. Well, what does that mean, I asked. Andrew, Danielle started, look, for her, that's not really about fun. 
and we think you caught her at a really bad time. Maybe the worst. Oh, come on, I said. We're young. We're fun. She just likes going out. Andrew, Danielle said. I've been watching her go through this for 11 years. How long have you known her? I take a ride onto Wacker, walking along the north side of the street where the river meets the avenue, stopping to wait for traffic so I can cut across to the other side. And outside of that shiny hotel with the blue tinted windows, a young woman tries to flag down a cab, moving her arm just so, wrists bleeding the elbow as though to tell passers-by, notice me, for I am worth noticing, and could that... No. No, that's not her. Allison suggested we spend that Wednesday evening at a place more to her liking. For me, a scotch. For her, Cosmo, with a vodka sidecar. Of all the gin joints in all the world, I joked. Allison's face scrunched up. Fuck you. She slumped a little to her side. That's not funny. Gin joint. Hey, I asked. Are you all right? Allison rose from half asleep to full rage as she reached her arm back, bringing it forward and BAM! Smacking me across the left cheek. Don't ever judge me, she said, stabbing me now in the chest with her index finger. Ever. Then to the bartender, pointing to the empty in front of her as though nothing had happened. Another, please. Vodka. Straight up. I felt the hot, stinging sensation spread to the rest of my face. Wait. You're not all right. Are you? God, she said. You sound just like everyone else. So this was what they had meant. She wasn't okay. She wasn't in this for fun. She was going through something, and I swore right then and there that that I would carry her through this. That I could, no, I would rescue that amazing woman who had disappeared four cocktails ago. You know, I started. If there's anything, Andrew, she said, face softening now. You know I'm not yours to help. The 135 bus stops where Macker meets Wabash, and the second person off has her cell phone up to her ear confident strut leading her just up to the light and I tell myself I should run to her stop her, say hello and how are you and I heard you're doing great now and all the things I've wanted to for so long but the girl looks to her right and I see the different arch of the brow hair falling over her face rather than around it so I keep moving Allison was nowhere to be found that New Year's Eve at Kyle and Danielle's wedding, and truth be told, I hadn't bothered to ask why, yet when the clock hit 11.30 and I felt my phone vibrate in the pocket of my suit coat, without even looking, I knew who it was, and I knew I should ignore it. 
She and I hadn't spoken for months. This had to be something really bad. Something so awful that she had to wait until the last half hour of the year to tell me about it. Hi, she said, and right away I recognized that tone. Vodka shots. What are you doing? Well, I'm at the wedding. (sighs) No, she said. No, I'm not all right. Well, where are you? (sighs) I love you, she said. I love you, and I don't know what to do about that. Well, I do too, I finally admitted, and I don't either. Look, I'll meet you somewhere. We can talk. No, she said. No, no, just goodbye, Andrew. Goodbye. And sure, yeah, okay, if that's what she needs, then I can at least do that for her. Can't I? I take a left onto Wabash, heading south towards that bar on the corner at Lake Street, and notice a girl eyeing something in a window, and I catch myself wondering again if it's her, the hair, the delicate shape of her fingers tracing something only she can see, and she looks like... like someone I went out with for a little while. Someone I haven't heard from forever, haven't seen for even longer, who didn't need what I was offering, who only asked that I just let go, and I can't even do that much right, and perhaps this, Andrew Riley, is why you're out here in the cold, alone, with nowhere to be and nowhere to go, killing yourself over some woman while a million, a a billion others are walking right past you, women who haven't disappeared. Women who haven't cut you down. Women who haven't reduced you to whatever it is you're doing right now. So God damn it, Andrew. What did you think you were looking for out here? Across the intersection, that lovely dark-haired woman is still looking into the bar, and I tell myself this time could be different. That this time I could see her and not see her. And and I could catch this stranger's eye. And for a moment, she and I could be the only two people that matter in the whole wide world. That kind of fleeting, hopeful, oddball, romantic episode that that normal, healthy people fall into every single day. Even days like this. In every city. Even this one. And I could have a small reminder of what those good times feel like if I could just... If I could just... Stepping back from the light, I look up past the L, rounding the corner above, past the alleys and rooftops and up to the sky, and I take a deep breath and I finally admit it, finally say it out loud, finally say it back. Goodbye, Allison. Goodbye. Goodbye. And you know, it doesn't sound at all like the ending I had been so afraid of, but instead like like the beginning of something else. And it's all so sweet, so easy, so 
laughably simple that I can't help but wonder where was that word when I needed it? That was Andrew Riley. This story was curated by C.P. Chang, with performance direction by Thrissa Hoditz and a sound design by Eric Hazen. If Andrew's story gives you ideas for your own second story, we'd love to hear them. Join us at Webster's Wine Bar in Lincoln Park on June 9th and 10th for our supersized season finale, themed It's the End of the World as We Know It. For tickets or for more information about Second Story, visit our website at secondstory.com. That's 2ndstory.com. Second Story podcasts are funded in part by the Gaylord and Dorothy Donnelly Foundation, the City Arts Program, the Arts Works Fund, and the Chicago Community Foundation. This podcast was produced by Amanda Delheimer Diamond, Bobby Badrisky, the Second Story Publishing Committee, C.P. Chang, Rissa Hoditz, Eric Hazen, Danielle Ezel, Sherry Pentamone, and myself. I'm Ozzie Totten, and this is Second Story. Thanks for listening.